Amen. Amen. Asanteni sana. Let's be seated. Always a pleasure to be here. It was always, it was always a mix of pressure and pleasure. <laughs> but I suppose the pleasure is growing, eh? And the pressure is reducing. And thank God I've survived through that statement with the arrow. Now, we have been talking about the Holy Spirit. Yes, arrow problem. <laughs> Thank you very much. Eh? And well, God does good. Um, and I'm saying this for Pastor M and Mutahi. Uh, whatever happens, He's working out everything for our good. And even for you this morning, uh, whatever circumstances you're in, God is working out everything for your good. And we continue to take that by faith. Now, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. Cindy. And this is what I want to ask. Question. I want to start with a question today. When you hear the Holy Spirit or a conversation about the Holy Spirit, what thoughts or feelings or expectations do you get? Holy Spirit. conversation Now we are here. We are in a sermon. What are the thoughts, the feelings, the expectations? Let me have some mics because I want us to have a conversation and Phyllis Phyllis wants to start it off. Sasa nimeenda west dan. Nimeenda Nyanza. A mic please there's one here. Uh, Rosie. Yeah, I want to just tell me. Let's let's have a short conversation. What what feelings do you have? What thoughts? Yes, and then we have Anna behind her. Hi everyone. Yeah. Mimi kama Phyllis, my feelings mm. about the Holy Spirit. Every time I hear the Holy Spirit, the picture that comes to mind is the day of the Pentecost. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's what comes to mind. Any thoughts, feelings, expectations? Yes, go on, Anna. Hi, church. Um, my feeling currently is comforter friend. Yeah. Previously, it was sheer horror. Sheer horror. So it's been a journey, that transition, and I'm grateful I've gotten One here. day you'll preach and tell us how that journey <laughs> went from sheer horror <laughs> to comfort. Eh? I want to hear a few more people. Gents as well. Even feelings, even thoughts. Even questions. Yes, go on. Esther? Uh, good morning, church. Mm. One thought that comes to my mind is speaking in tongues. One thought that comes to mind is speaking in tongues. And then what feeling, uh, what feelings goes with that thought? I <laughs> to scare. Go on, Esther. Uh, I'm just laughing at what Pastor Jade said, drama. The drama. Um, one thing that comes to mind is, unfortunately, the way people make fun of Christianity and how people speak in tongues. Okay. But personally, um, folks, Sometimes, like a journey, as she said, first confusion, then comfort. And comfort. Yeah. Okay. Ah, yeah, finally, Jonah. At least, Monaume Moja me jitokeza. I'll give chance to. If you want, anyone else wants to say something after Jonah? Fungua roho yako. Okay, Jonah. Uh, good morning, church. Uh, when I think of the Holy Spirit, I think of power. Power. Yes. Okay. It's a good one. Danko next to, okay, there is, uh, Danko wants to say something and then Winnie. <laughs> and we end it there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna check up, bro. 
So, so uh, for me, it's uh, God is with us. Uh-huh. And the feeling that I have is Mbele to Kosawa. Mbele Kosawa. Mbele Kosawa. Okay. Winnie. Good morning, church. So, for me, when I think about the Holy Spirit, what comes to my mind is reverence and holiness. So, it's, it's I'm standing on holy ground and now God is coming. So, power. So, I am small and God is big. Yeah. Yes. All right. So it's, it's, of course, feelings are valid. Sindio, somebody can never tell you your feeling, your feeling is wrong. And I know whenever I've had conversations about the Holy Spirit in the past, for some it has been anxiety. What's this thing? Yeah? It has been confusion. in tongues, ninini. For who, for why, what? Right? For some it's been maybe, yo kitu is not for me. Yo ni akina jed, pastor jed. Sindio? And for others it has been Do I have the Holy Spirit? Don't I have the Holy Spirit? How do I get this thing? Yeah? There's all those thoughts and, and things eh? And of course there are some who think about the mystery The discomfort But then there are some who feel about the longing The expectation of power Senior. Let's see where we are headed today Whether all those will be But we would want to have this conversation as we go ahead so that ultimately we all come to a good understanding of what the Holy Spirit and his work is about. And I'd like to try and begin to go into that conversation today and then next Sunday we'll pick it up again. So we started this series called the X Factor. Superpower your life, right? And what did we say the X Factor was? We said the X Factor that makes us possible, makes it possible to superpower our lives is the Holy Spirit. And we say the Holy Spirit, he is the one who gives us that power. We also said that um, the promised power is not just for, you know, it's not, it's not for certain people. It's for regular Christians. In fact, we say it's for every believer. And indeed we say every believer is expected to receive the Holy Spirit. Right? We say that, eh? And then we said, ultimately, the work of the Spirit, when all is done, results in glory to God and in development in our character. It's a change that happens in us. It's ultimately the work of the Holy Spirit. So today, I would like to um, continue to unpack this aspect. And specifically, I want to talk about what it is to receive the Holy Spirit and, and let's talk about the reality of receiving God's power in this. And I must say that there's been a lot of confusion and misunderstanding among the evangelical section of the church. All right? When you say evangelical, you mean the, the, the people who believe in the gospel. You know, the fact that you must be born again. Eh? So that's what we call the evangelical church. You must be born again. The gospel of Christ. But even within the evangelical, we have those who have are leaning towards uh, the gifts and the, uh, they call them charismata, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and that's where we find the Pentecostal people. Eh? So Pentecostal is all still evangelical, but we have those who lean on the Baptist side, they tend to be more about the word and all that, but they're the Pentecostal who now go to the issues of the works of the Holy Spirit. And between these two sections of the, of the church, we've had some controversy, eh? 
One side will say, I have received the Holy Spirit when I got born again. What more is there to receive? Everyone has the Holy Spirit, isn't it? And then the other side says, no, until you receive the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues, you have not received the Holy Spirit. That's the other side of the controversy. Alright? And there's always those two poles of discussion. But the truth is, or the reality is, both are partly right and partly wrong. And that's what I want to go into today. That's what I want us to look into that. In fact, I'll say that the New Testament actually speaks of two different ways in which people receive the Holy Spirit. And that's what I want to distinguish for us today and see if we can remove that confusion about, okay, when I receive, when I get born again, see I have the Holy Spirit. Then what is it about speaking in tongues? No, no, no. That's what we want to clarify today. And I want to distinguish this uh, and, and glad that we've had the opportunity to read through the book of Acts and the book of Romans. Because in, in this conversation, I'll refer to so many scriptures. Some will go up, some will not. But just track with me and remember the scriptures that we have read as we have gone through Acts and Romans. And I'm going to do this and use two historical situations from the New Testament to describe and to distinguish these two ways. And I'm going to refer to two Sundays. Okay? Two Sundays. And the first we shall call the Resurrection Sunday. The Resurrection Sunday. We'll talk about the Resurrection Sunday. And the second one, the second experience, we'll talk about the Pentecost Sunday. The Pentecost Sunday. Now, on both of those Sundays, the believers had an experience of receiving the Holy Spirit. Okay? But it was different. And when we see the nature of each, then we can be able to understand or see where we stand in relation to those two receivings of the Holy Spirit, if there is something like that. And we can personally then see how we can get the same experiences as the disciples have. We'll be asking ourselves, have I, is that it? Is there more? And then we're going to be able to determine for ourselves how that is. So let's look at the Resurrection Sunday. And this is on the day of the resurrection. And you know what happened? Jesus crucified, died on the cross, thrown, not thrown, put into a tomb, and our stone rolled over. And then on the Sunday morning, just like Jesus said, Mary Magdalene walks there, and oh, they find the stone has been rolled away. And she goes in and finds the body is missing. And so she runs back to Peter, and another disciple, who we know is John, and tells them, somebody has taken the body. And so Peter and John run to the tomb. The younger John outruns Peter. You know the story. But him, he gets to the tomb. He looks inside. Hey. So Peter comes in, runs in, looks inside. And sure enough, there is no body. It's gone. And we are told that Mary Magdalene tarried around there and, and saw Jesus. But when it was evening, and that's now where we turn to in, in John chapter 20 and verse 19 to 22, we have the first appearance of Jesus to the disciples as a group. And it's recorded in John chapter 20, verse 19 and 22. And it says this, on the evening of the first day of the week, remember first day of the week, whenever you see that, that's Sunday, okay? Because 
For Jews, the Sabbath was the seventh day. And that's why we talk of Sabbath. And then Sunday was the first day of the week. So on this first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And after he had said this, he showed him, he showed them his hands inside, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As, uh, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Alright? And some scholars believe breathing on them was actually like individually breathing on them, eh? But it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, Jesus breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, this was important because we know that salvation, as Paul tells us later in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, is what it says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you shall be what? You shall be saved. And we know that in the Old Testament, salvation, people in the Old Testament, was held, in a sense it was an aspect of faith, until the coming of Christ. Okay, And that's why Hebrews talks about that they did not receive the promise, but they had to wait with us until the coming of Christ so that that salvation could actually be realized. Yeah? And so, you see, this is the first moment that the disciples believed that Jesus rose from the dead. We right? So in actual sense, this is the first time they truly get born again. Amen? Because they now believe that Jesus has risen from the dead. And that's why he shows them his side. He shows them this. And they remember later, Thomas looks at that and says, My Lord and my God, and bows before him, believing that he's risen from the dead. And in a true sense, be, becoming born again or receiving the resurrection life of God that we receive when we get saved. You go clear? Alright? And you will notice the parallel to this and the creation story. God, God, you know, creates and breathes and what? It becomes what? A human soul. He breathes life into the, into the person he made and becomes a living soul. The breath, the breath of God creating life. Now here, similarly, the breath of Jesus Christ doing what? Creating the new life in the believers. And that's the same thing that happens to us. You know, nobody can get saved without a personal encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it could be that, hey, but literally what is happening in the spiritual is that you are seeing the Lord Jesus Christ and receiving him. That's why he says in John chapter 10 and verse 9, I am the what? The door. Or I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Alright? And they will come in and go out and find pasture. So the element of you have to go through Jesus Christ to be born again. And so we get a personal encounter with the resurrected Christ and receive from him the embraced breath of God who is the Holy Spirit and we receive him at that point and we become a new creation. The same Bible says that, isn't it? 
becomes a new creation, the old is gone. So we literally encounter the risen Christ and accept him in order for us to be born again. Tell me any other scripture you know that talks about being born again or that talks about that process. Anyone. And you'll see it's the same thing. Let me give you one. To those who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become who? The children of God. An encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Kunaile pia mizizi. First John 5.11. What wa mizizi? Phyllis. Starts like how? And this is the testimony. God. Uh-huh. He who has a son has eternal life. He who does not have the son does not have eternal life. So it has to be an encounter with the risen Jesus to receive the breath of God which then fills, I mean, puts the Holy Spirit in our hearts. Alright? And so, the scripture in Romans chapter 8 and verse 9 in fact says it very categorically that, you know, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and it goes on to say, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to who? To Christ. Eh? And so, because the Holy Spirit lives in us, then we are who? We are belonging to Jesus Christ. Alright? And so, what happens on the resurrection Sunday, the disciples receive the Holy Spirit. The disciples receive the Holy Spirit and they get the divine, eternal resurrected life of God in us. So when I get born again, Holy Spirit dwells in me. Amen? And so nobody can be born again without the, the Spirit of God being breathed in them and dwelling in them. That is the resurrection Sunday. But notice after the resurrection Sunday, there was not much impact. Jerusalem went on being the same. The Jews went, uh, the, the disciples went on being a clique together and possibly a lot doing a lot of hiding from, from others. But they were having the life of God in them. The Holy Spirit dwelt in them. And then in the meantime, between this resurrection Sunday and the time that I'm going to talk next, the ascension, which is when Jesus went to heaven, Jesus told them that there was more to receive. Okay? So he's already breathing them, the life of God is them, Holy Spirit dwells in them. But he tells them there is more to receive. Listen to Luke chapter 24 and verse 48 and 49. Shortly before he ascends, he says, You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Alright? So he's telling them, there is more to receive. There is more to come. In fact, in Acts chapter 4, very directly, he tells them to wait for the promise. It says this on, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 4. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my father, the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So remember, they already have the life of God in them, isn't it? The Holy Spirit is dwelling in them, but he's being told there is more to come. And then he goes on to tell them down in the same chapter, of, in verse 8 of the same chapter, he says the purpose of this baptism is that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria 
and to the ends of the earth. So there is an event. So what he's saying is that there, in, there is an event to come when you will receive power to be my witnesses. Yeah? And that's what we call the day of the day of what? Pentecost. Alright? And that's what I call the Pentecost Sunday. So now we'll move to Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday. Now let's see what happened on that day. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1 to 4. It says this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the mighty, like a blow, the blowing of a violent wind, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were seated. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire separated. No, what? They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And so, says what? Comes down on them and says what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, whenever we talk about baptism, baptism really means to be immersed. Alright? Immersed in water or immersed in something. Um, but here we see the Holy Spirit coming from above and immersing them and they receive a supernatural power because then the effect of that the effect of that experience leads them to all those things we see in Acts. Whenever we read Acts, it sounds like an action movie. Eh? It sounds like ta ra ta 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 and so on. In fact, at some point, it's science fiction. Somebody is teleported from this place, shoop, and appears in another place, all out of the power of the Holy Spirit. And we see how dramatic things become after Pentecost. After Pentecost. And so what happens at Pentecost is that the Holy Spirit comes, in a sense, baptizes them from above, but really immerses them completely, fills them, and they speak in tongues. Okay? And so we have Resurrection Sunday and Pentecost Sunday. And I just want to provide that summary there to see the distinctions of what happened on the two Sundays. Alright? So, on the resurrection Sunday, the day I got saved, the day you get saved, every born again child of God then gets from the resurrected Christ and the spirit of God is embraced in them and the result is that they get life. Okay? He who has a son has life. And that's the life we receive from Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit dwelling in us, as we've seen in John chapter 20. We have the resurrected Christ doing this, in breathing us, and the result is the life, the eternal life. On the Pentecost Sunday, it's the ascended Christ. Where is Jesus at this point? He's already gone up to the Father, and he's the one who pours out the Holy Spirit, outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And when it, we, uh, the, the result of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is that then we get the power, supernatural power in our lives. And as we have seen, the purpose of the supernatural power is to enable us to be what? To be witnesses. And we'll talk about that in a great detail next week. Eh? And so, every born again child of God 
has the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. But every born again child of God needs to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. We're together? And so, when we come, and then the purpose of receiving this supernatural from God, in fact, the, the, the word, the Greek word there is what we refer to as dynamite. It's a dynamite power is to be his witnesses. And truly, more and more as we go, and as actually you see the expressions of the power and the giftings of the Holy Spirit are expressed primarily in the space of outreach, in the space of witnessing. Because we have a supernatural message. And every time God, I mean, uh, God sends out his word, he gives a demonstration of that word. And so the reason we get supernatural power is to be able to demonstrate and give evidence to our supernatural message. And if you read, Paul says, I, you know, I didn't just speak to you with mere words, but with a demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power. The purpose of God's power is for us to be able to uh, demonstrate it as we give this supernatural message. And so I got the Holy Spirit when I was, when I was born again. But there's more in terms of the need to be filled with the Holy Spirit for the purposes of the power that enables me to demonstrate this supernatural message. Now, from Acts chapter 2, the phrase, receive the Holy Spirit, refers to the Pentecost Sunday experience, not the resurrection Sunday experience. So, once we've had the Pentecost Sunday, if you read through Acts, every reference where you see they receive the Holy Spirit, receive the Holy Spirit, they're not referring to, doesn't refer to the resurrection Sunday, it refers to the Pentecost Sunday. Let me give you a few examples. Acts chapter 8, verse 12 to 17. It's when uh, Philip, out of the persecution in Jerusalem, moved out and he went to Samaria. And it says this in verse 12, that he went to Samaria, but when they believed Philip, they, sorry, but when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom and the name of Jesus Christ, uh, this is what uh, they were, yeah, they were baptized both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great miracles he saw. When the apostles heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Okay? So Philip shares... They have received Jesus Christ. That's what they have believed, right? And then the apostles, John and Peter, come and say, Oh, you've received Jesus Christ. Now, here is the more. And what do they do? They placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Okay? So when it says they received the Holy Spirit, what are we referring to in the night? Is it Pentecost Sunday or the Resurrection Sunday? I can't hear you. Because in the verse before, they have received the resurrection Sunday. They've already been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when you say, believe and baptize in Jesus' name, you will be born again. Eh? And then they come on and place their hands on them, and they are saved. So they were saved, 
But when the Holy Spirit, when the, when the apostles pray for them, they then receive the Holy Spirit in the sense of the Pentecost Sunday, which is now what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Again, look at the reference. The Holy Spirit is falling upon them. It's a baptism from above. From above. The aspect of the ascended Christ uh, filling us with the Holy Spirit. Okay? And so they had they were born again, but they needed to receive the Pentecost experience of the Holy Spirit. The second event is the one on Cornelius' home. You know the story? Peter, out somewhere, the Holy Spirit speaks to him. These guys will come. They come and get him. Peter takes a group of his friends and they go to Cornelius' house. And when they're in Cornelius' house, the circumcised believers who had come with Peter, who are actually now the Jewish believers, they were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. Why? For they had heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Right? And then they said, surely, I mean, because they have received the Holy Spirit, they've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, this was a first break of the um, the gospel to Gentiles. And so they needed them to get that shift and to understand that even Gentiles can be born again. And so they said, Peter said, surely, no one can stand in their way of being baptized in water. They have already received the Holy Spirit. And so he ordered them to be baptized. Alright? So again, the demonstration of the receiving of the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, another example is in Acts chapter 19 and verse 2. And says this, While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There, he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, Then what baptism did you receive? He said, John's baptism, they replied. And so Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. So he told them to believe in the one coming after him, who is Jesus Christ. And then on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when, so they were baptized, since it was the knee of John, first they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. You see that? Resurrection. And then what does Paul do? Paul placed his hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Alright? Resurrection Sunday experience, Pentecost Sunday experience. And we see that going on. So he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And there he was not necessarily talking about the being born again. He was actually asking them if they had had the Pentecost experience. So keep that in mind as, as, as often as you read through Acts. And I want to challenge you in this week. Look at the scriptures again. Go and look at the Acts. Read it again and see the progression of how the gospel goes and the distinctions the, 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 the writer tries to place between the re- resurrection experience and the Pentecost experience. Excuse me. And, and, and see that whenever he talks about receiving the Holy Spirit, then he talks about that process. And then of course, the distinctive seal, the culmination of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is in the speaking of tongues. And you can see that because one, it's a seal that they first received, the apostles themselves, 
It's also the seal that they recognized in others. At Cornelius, oh, they've spoken in tongues. All right. Even for, for Paul laying on hands, they've spoken in tongues. Okay. Tukopamoja? And they did not ask for anything else after that. And so, we again say that we have that resurrection life which comes to us when we receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior and then a subsequent experience where we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit um, and, and leading us to speaking in tongues. So, I would want to ask us because next week we're going to be talking a little bit more about then how do we receive this Pentecost experience. And you notice, after the day of Pentecost, the first, the disciples had to wait for ten, they tarried ten days for the experience of the Holy Spirit, yeah? But subsequent after that, there was no tarrying. Have you guys received, have you heard about the Spirit? No, no, no. Okay. Laid on hands, and they speak. So, it was immediate, yeah? After that. There's no more tarrying after the first experience it just goes on and and just to highlight some of the things that we'll be saying next week we'll be saying that in order to receive the holy spirit we ask the father jesus talks in luke about how how if your child asks you for bread do you give them a snake no so if you ask the holy father to he will give you the holy spirit it's to ask the holy spirit and then there's the aspect of of a thirst a desire and a hunger to receive God's power in order to do what? In order to witness. That's some of the things that we'll be talking about next week. Okay? And, of course, it was not until Jesus was glorified that then we receive the Pentecost experience or the power of the Holy Spirit. So we'll look at that next time because of time as well. But I'd like to today to pray for anyone here who would like to receive Jesus. You know, we have talked about and clarified that getting born again is an encounter with the resurrected Christ. Everyone has to have an encounter with Jesus in order to be born again. There is no name that is given by which we must be saved but the name of but the name of Jesus. And so I'd like us to just ask if there's anyone who would like to turn his life or say, I want to encounter this resurrected Christ. I want to receive the Holy Spirit in my heart. Okay? The resurrection Sunday experience. If you're there, just indicate by a show of hands, and then we'll pray. The Holy Spirit comes to honor the Father and to honor uh, Jesus. Okay, so that's my assignment for this week for you. Let's look into Acts. We've read Romans. Let's look in some of those scriptures. Let's look at, you know, just do a little bit of research on it. And then we come next Sunday, we'll talk about how to receive the Holy Spirit and go on and pray for those who'd be interested in having the Pentecost experience of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So this week, um, we, we had a, a prayer Sunday, a, a, a prayer, a morning, a, a morning, a half day of prayer with the staff. 
And I was struck by a song that Devi led. From the rising of the sun, sent him his name. Devi, if you come and your team, I want us to sing that up. Because also this morning, as we started, we have a prayer service, a prayer time at 9 9.20 a.m. here. And uh, Josephine Goha I read the scripture that I like. Um, I will praise you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. Amen? And I want us to do that, those two. Because Adonai is the name of God. eh? In his name, in the name of Adonai, I will lift up my hands. And let's just take some time and worship. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to bring worship. Um, Glory. It's power that results in glory for the kingdom. And I'd like to encourage us, as we sing this song, lift up your hands. In your name I will lift up my hands. In the name of Adonai, I lift up my hands. In fact, the more and more I read about the scriptures, even including, and I've said this before, even including the fact that Paul tells Timothy men should raise up their hands in prayer, tells me that we should do more and more of lifting our hands in worship. eh? I think one of the Psalms, I think 145 says, let the lifting of my hands be as the evening sacrifice, giving glory to God. eh? So I just want to end this service. You don't have to stand, just be seated. Unless you want to. But let's sing this song and please, if you can, if you're able to put out your hands, lift up your hands and say, Adonai, your name is to be hallowed from the rising of the sun every moment. Let's go.
day. Come on, open your mouth and say something to him. We worship you, Jesus. As long as we have breath, we will praise you. We thank you because of the power of the Holy Spirit. You have said that you will not leave us alone. You will send us a comforter. You will fill us with your Holy Spirit. And we shall receive power. We thank you because your gospel is a gospel of power. We thank you because you've said we can receive every experience that you have desired for us. And I pray for each of us this morning, this hour, that as we go into this week, that you'll speak to each of us, causing us to understand the desires you have for us. Causing us to desire and to thirst for the Holy Spirit who will glorify you, O God. So that your name is hallowed. everything good for doing his will and may may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever and God's people say Amen have a great week